Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 82 of the Church Leadership Podcast. Today's episode is a continuation of the conversation we began in episode number 79. But before we get to that conversation, I want to remind you to subscribe and review our podcast. We don't want you to miss a single episode. You can subscribe on all of your favorite podcast listening apps. You can also subscribe on YouTube as our podcast is on YouTube. And you can rate our podcast, which helps us get the word out about Church Leadership Podcast. You can do that really easily at ratethispodcast.com slash CLP. If you're new to our podcast, we want to welcome you aboard. Our mission is to encourage and equip leaders to lead in the local church. Now, today's episode, episode 82, is a continuation of a roundtable discussion that Andy and I had with several church leaders a few weeks ago about the pandemic. And really the question was, what does the future of church look like? Not how do we get through the pandemic and not, you know, what are some of the great online tools we talked about what the future of church coming out of COVID-19 and out of this period of unrest or continuing in this period of unrest in our country, what does the future of church look like? And so we're going to pick right up in that conversation. So we left off talking about what does family ministry look like? And specifically, uh, what you'll hear at the beginning is one of the leaders answering a question about what what does disciple making look like in the context of family in the future of church. Here is that conversation. I I honestly uh I I think Bible engagement's the number one. I, I would mm. I don't think curriculum would help because that's still so it's going to lend itself to be knowledge based discipleship. All our tools kind of lend itself to do that. I, I think if we push Bible engagement with some proper questions on how to unpack that and have a culture of, of that in each family, I think that will do the work. Mm. Um, I think we've actually, we've leaned too much in to curriculum. I think maybe the tools maybe needed are equipping parents on how to understand the Bible uh, and just basic Bible study principles. Uh, but I, I, the last year I've just realized how much um, organic, simple Bible engagement leads to what we need to see. Every movement uh, that I've been in, like, that has really just taken off, particularly most of them have been in collegiate arenas, have been simple one-on-one disciple-making organizations that are heavily involved with Bible engagement. I think of Navigators, I think of Crew, I think it's Campus Outreach, and they're simple tools that just uh, one-on-one discipleship in, in small groups that lend to Bible engagement. And so why can't that be our local church too? And so we're rethinking everything. And so I would just encourage the families to do that. The tool that I would really encourage maybe that's come out is uh, my wife and I love the chosen series. And that's really stirred some new affections for just the gospels. Uh, They take some liberties uh, that aren't heretical with the story, but have really been powerful and impactful and it's really done well. That may be something that a family could rally around is watching The Chosen. 
and then developing some questions around that. So I would say just pushing the family to read the Bible together, making sure they have some basic skills on how to do that and do that regularly. And we all know that Bible engagement leads to all the factors and fruit in this in, in, in a disciple. So I, I'd love any pushback to that or if anybody has. I, I don't have any pushback to that, but I would like to add to that. Um, my wife being a preschool children's minister and uh, most of our ministry career together um, in our home as our kids were growing up and we had foster kids as well as two biological children. And, uh, we tried to use teachable moments, uh, even uh, writing out a scripture that they had, you know, they wouldn't be, you know, eight verses. It would be a passage, a verse that whenever they did something that needed correction or they had a question about, uh, she would write those verses out. This is before the day we had printers where we could just print everything out. But, um, and then that go in the refrigerator. And whenever that situation would arise, they need to be reminded they'd have to go to the refrigerator and quote that verse and memorize that verse. And to this day, they still remember those things uh, and have commented about what an impact that had on their life, that they didn't just get yelled at disciplined, but they got scripture put before them that said, here's why you don't do that, or here's why you should do this. Uh, and it's coming out of God's word. And so it's, it's equipping our parents to catch those teachable moments. Uh, obviously, reading the Bible together, having those family devotions, those are all keys to home life. I've argued forever that parents have relied too much on the church to do the uh, equipping of their kids, and that was never the intent of the church, but that's what it became. And I agree. I think we're in this, this season. We can correct that now uh, if we'll equip our parents parents with um, the how-tos, if you will. I, I'm, I'm uh, like Justin, I don't, I'm not real. I don't think you need to give them a book and say, do this or take your kids through this. I think it's just the natural occurrences of life situations uh, that are going to be the, have the most impact down the road on their lives. That's Deuteronomy 6, right? Yep. Uh, you know, impress them on your children when you're walking along the road, when you're lying down. Yeah. And and John, thank you for adding to that. And, I, and that's the big thing is uh, somebody said earlier, accountability. You know, obviously we want to read the word. We want to be doers of the word. That's Robbie Gallaty's big thing and replicate. We want to do the word. But I think the other thing that's mixed with that, that I think would be so helpful for kids is um, we want to be doers of the word, but we also want to be knowers of who wrote the word. And so we want to instill the identity piece of who we are, who we belong to, and why are we actually reading this? Because the God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, loves us, has a plan for us, and has given his word for us so that we may know him. Oftentimes, uh, we forget that latter part, mm -hmm. and we just want kids to be doers, uh, but maybe we fail to say, hey, we want you to know who actually wrote this word. So I think it's both hand, doers and knowers of who wrote the word, and make sure that we in, uh, instill that in, um, identity piece as well. Mm. Well said, man. That's good. Um, let me ask this question because something that Justin said kind of prompted me to think about this. And again, when I, when I ask this question, you can go back and ask and answer any of the previous questions. This ongoing discussion, but what um, what what opportunities 
for evangelism has all of this created that maybe we didn't have? Uh, you know, what, what opportunities for gospel conversations for our people uh, has this created that maybe weren't there before? How can we leverage it for the gospel? One thing that we've seen is it's um, an easy invitation time, not only for people in the household. We've had uh, folks that weren't participating in a group like only one spouse was. And since they're sitting there in the in the den on Sunday morning, invited their um, spouse to be a part of a Zoom conversation. And it went from just sort of watching to the point this person participated week after week. And now they're engaging and asking questions. And we've also <clears throat> heard stories now that um, now that we can watch online uh, a relative in another state an invitation, hey, I'm going to be watching this online. Would you log on with me and let's watch this and we'll talk about it later. So um, that, that's one thing I, I hope that we'll continue to leverage over time is um, just helping engage people who, you know, with an easy invitation, hey, I'm not asking you to get dressed and come to church. Just uh, watch this with me and let's talk about it. Good. I think one of the big gifts has been that the deepest felt needs, um, of course, this is what I, I see the whole world through this framework, <laughs> but the deepest felt needs of security, connection, and empowerment or control, um, they've, like, they've all been laid bare. And the stuff that we can usually put a Band-Aid over to go, oh, yeah, that's not a real problem. Like, nope, the Band-Aid's been ripped off and the felt need is out there. And as soon as when the felt need is evident and you can't ignore it anymore, of course, that drives people to look for answers. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest gifts we have right now. And that's, that's what I've been realizing. I just need to lean into is uh, my message is fear is connected to anger is connected to speed and hurry. And all those things right now are clearly on display because the hurry that we've usually been able to depend on has been gr it's ground to a halt and everybody's yeah. just freaking out because they don't know what to do with themselves. Um, anger's on, on, on display and then fear is on display. So um, it's, it's like, it's, what did they say? Shooting fish out of a barrel or whatever that thing is like, they're all, it's all right there. It's really clear. Um, the felt need is right there that a lot of times we can ignore or push away just through staying busy. And um, it's, it seems like it's all lined up. It's really kind of cool. Hmm. Not cool that point. it's happening, but what the Lord is doing through it. A gift. You said it. I mean, it, it is. It is a gift. Uh, one thing that, that we're doing, um, you know, I just, I, I've done Alpha before, you know, as a church and all that kind of thing, that programmatic thing. And and so I thought, okay, well, that's cool. And I was listening to a podcast by Kieran Newhoff and Nikki Gumbel, the founder of Alpha, was on there. He says, we're doing it all online now. You know, we should have done it long time ago. I'm like, that's interesting. And so uh, there's another alternative to Alpha and it's called um, Christianity Explored and you know it's got like brief 10 minute videos but but it's discussion driven which I like uh, and so I thought you know what there's nobody doing that online I'm going to do it online and so Annie and I started that group um, last night and I mean we had people that would have never shown up for anything like that if COVID didn't make them maybe more aware of some needs in their life and so we had a great group last night and so again it's, I think it's all kind of approaches, but that's an opportunity that was created online, you know, discussion because people are more aware of those needs. They are, the bandaid has been ripped. Absolutely. Hey, Mark, uh, uh, Joel, off your 
what you said, Joel, I thought you were so great is, is knowing what, what are the pressure points around me. And I think for us as believers to equip other believers in our church, I think two things uh, that we're going to plan on doing is having a culture of prayer. One, uh, mm. for our, are the people in our church, do you know your neighbors and are you consistently praying for them by name? And then two, equipping them to ask good questions. Because when you get close to someone, when you build a relationship with someone, those pressure points come out, right? If you're especially a trusted person. But what do you do with that? We're in, not everybody is a, a trained counselor or trauma expert or, you know, but let's train our people to ask good questions and be good listeners. So, mm -hmm. for example, if you see someone that is struggling with anger, uh, a good question might be, well, what are you doing about that anger? How do you resolve that? and listen well. And if the spirit prompts an opportunity, let's equip our people to say, let's give a testimony or story of how they've been angered, empathize, and then turn the conversation to how truth has helped them in their anger, right? And then they've got to know some scripture. Well, a scripture that's really helped me. And then you just share the word of God with this person, right? And maybe the follow-up turn question to that is, well, what do you think about that? Or, mm -hmm. hey, uh, does that interest you? So just asking good questions, and then do they know the word, and then can they turn it to actually get a response from the person? Those are just like really natural ways, I think, uh, to leverage those pressure points that we're all facing. But our people have to be rooted in God's word and be preaching the gospel actively to themselves for that to work. Right. So there is some training equipping, but I think it can be just informal like that. But we have to know and pray for our people, and they have to trust us to share those things too. You know, everything has changed. So I have this uh, book coming out in September and I met with the publicity team for our book, for the book that's coming out. And they basically were kind of like, uh, we don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, great. The publicity team doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so, so we brainstormed for about an hour and basically what we landed on for how to promote this book, because like all bets are off on how we normally do stuff. And the market is flooded, like Facebook's just flooded. Is they said, you know, and it goes back to this equipping thing. And they said, you know, what if you just did two minute to three minute videos on how to's of the basic stuff? And I started realizing, you know, so many times in the church world, we're thinking like high, you know, we're visionary leaders thinking high lofty thoughts. And we're like, you know, how do we, how do we pr propagate the discipleship of the, and disciples and blah, blah. And most people are like, how do I just keep, keep from hitting my kid when I'm mad? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the reality of where most people are. And I think we forget that sometimes. And it was a reminder to me. They're like, well, what, why don't you do one on how to love an angry person? And I'm like, well, oh, that's a good point. Because <laughs> I've been, you know, when you're writing a book, you're thinking all these high level stuff. And, and I realized, man, that's kind of a message for all of us right now is let's just get back to helping our people do basic life stuff because a lot of what we've done is outsource stuff and this is another where it's a gift i've felt like there needed to be a reckoning of our education system for years well welcome to the reckoning um yeah this is amazing no like we've we've off we've handed off our kids to be educated we've handed off our kids to be taught the bible and it's like now and look at the results of it they're marching in the streets all angry um and mm. it's i anyway i could ramble about that but uh <laughs> The bottom line is this is a gift that we have now where it's like God saying, hey, you know that job you've got, those kids you've got, the wife you've got, the husband you've got, the spouse you've got, uh, you're supposed to be like the priest of your house. So step mm -hmm. it up. And I've realized um, 
so many times I'm thinking high lofty thoughts and really what they need is just basics. So like even one of the things I'll mention here, I'm like, shoot, I'm going to do a thing on how to teach your kids Proverbs. Cause my dad did that every, every morning and I hated it. It's the greatest gift he gave me every morning. We had to read the proverb of the day and I would be like, eh, dad, you're ruining my life. You know, what else did I have to do as a 12 year old? I don't know, but um, he made us read those Proverbs. And I'm telling you, man, when I'm preaching sometimes the, a proverb will come to me that I haven't thought about in 20 years, but it's there. And I mean, it's the exact word I needed because it's in there. And so those, I think maybe that would be one powerful thing for all of us to do is just in terms of equipping is short little things that we take for granted that we, we know that maybe it's just never been communicated to our people, like little how to's of, and again, I've been, my brother, he's, he's like, he's pushing me to get into TikTok, which I'm just, I'm resisting, but he's like, man, TikTok, you can do a ton in one minute. I'm like, that's so shallow, but he's been showing me how you can actually do a lot of potent stuff in one minute on a TikTok video. And um, again, I think we need long form conversations, but in this time right now, the reality is we've got a lot of people that are just, they want sound bites. And so how can we capitalize on the sound bites to do basic teaching of parents on how to educate their kids? in the Bible. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, t- I'm like trying to even go more basic than think like, like that. Like I would like, well, duh, how do you teach your kid Proverbs? Well, read the book for goodness sake. But <laughs> so many, t- I think a lot of people, like I say, we're up here lofty thinking this and they're just like, well, how do I keep from hitting my kid when I get angry? Or how do I not yell at my wife? Or how do I not punch the hood vent when I, when I bump my head on it? Like so basic, but it is where a lot of people are operating. Unfortunately, we'd like them to be, you know, pondering the depths of the trinity but they're not so you can start there and then um anyways i'm rambling at this point but no that's right that's I mean, been something that's come back to me really is like when you don't know what to do go back to the basics yeah here's the here's the beauty of what you're saying joel and what everybody else is agreeing with you on this is god has given us we keep using that term today a gift and right now uh social media that platform is a gift. Uh, my wife and I were talking recently about a few months ago, I would post a scripture. I would post a thought from uh, uh, a scholar or a theologian or pastor or, or post something that's happened in our church and wouldn't get that much engagement, even from close friends. And right now uh, you post something and you're getting interaction, you're getting comments and you're getting opportunity to even dialogue with people that we didn't have before. Mark uses the term, well, what's happening right now is level the playing field. And that is so true. I mean, the scope of what uh, of what Cody may be able to do on social media may not be as big as the scope of what Jay gets to do on social media because of uh, the size of the churches that they serve at. But the impact is just as great uh, because of, of the people you're getting to engage with regularly. So to me, uh, we've got to figure out online evangelism and start to equip our people to better do that. And we've got to figure that out better for ourselves. Uh, Eric, for those of us who are professional ministers, you know, we've got to, we've got to figure that out ourselves. So uh, uh, I've been reading uh, some people who are doing social media really well and leveraging it the right way and redeeming it. Uh, They are mentioning the fact that we are missing out. This is not a time to promote your programs or to plug your schedules or whatever. This is an opportunity to preach so you get to, like Joel said, you get to, in small snippets, you get to share on a regular basis, and you're going to draw people in and, and engagement and be able to 
have conver- full-blown conversations with them online. What, one other comment on that, because this the publicity team, um, I'm so about like, I want quality. Like I want good lighting, I want good sound. And they're like, don't do quality. I was like, what? And they're like, no, quality will get you not watched. They said, make it as horrible as you can, but understandable <laughs> and watchable. I was like, are you serious? I was like, but that's like, that's going to represent me poorly. And they're like, trust us, get your phone out, just record it, make it shaky. And I was like, and they're like, in fact, TikTok has effects to make it shaky. If you can't make it shaky, I'm like, what kind of world do we live in? But yeah. that's what it is. And um, it, so don't be intimidated by the quality level of it. And that's one of the things I've seen people ragging on churches. If you can't get online, good, don't do it. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, let me say Sorry. something on that. Just, uh, just, just ideas. And, you know, part of today, I, I assume is brainstorming a little bit. And, uh, you know, one of the things I was convicted of is that we can't do a lot of down the, down the pipe planning, implementation, dreaming, whatever. Um, but what we can do is seize the day. I hate to use the cliche. And what I mean by that is this week is uh, Crossroads Week of Prayer. Okay, so just like we did at Holy Week, every day at noon, um, one of our pastors is doing uh, a little season of prayer. It could be Chelsea did six minutes yesterday. I did 20 minutes the day before. Um, You know, da-da-da, well, who, you know, go figure, right? Uh, (laughs) But, I mean, today's Jeremy, tomorrow's Kevin, uh, that sort of stuff. And so the thing is, what's crazy, and we know how views go, but Joel, you're right. I I thought, oh my gosh, I'm out here. I'm holding it because I left my my staging at the church office, and I've got to do it now. And I just told him I apologize. Whatever. There was already 400 views by the night. I mean, it was insane. It was like, okay, we know how views are. But here's the point: at least somebody watched it for three seconds. Whatever. Okay. Uh, which if I hadn't done it, they wouldn't have seen it for three seconds. Right. Okay? And so we've got to be willing to do some different crazy nutty things. And I love it. Just be raw, just be yourself, go out and love yeah. people, love God. Right. So, and I think, I think what Justin said is key here too. We have, not only do we have to train our people to be good listeners, we've got to be good listeners, not just to conversation. We've got to be good listeners culturally. I think that's a key for us as leaders and as pastors right now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.